We always start our show off with a little ditty. And for this episode, we go to the Windy City. That's Chicago for those that don't uh, that aren't familiar with your U.S. Uh, geography and <laughs> nicknames of cities. Um, thank you for tuning in to Hannah and Eric Go Birding, a podcast by birders for birders. I'm Hannah, and he's Eric. And we created this podcast to share our adventures, sometimes misadventures, and opinions that we have on different birding topics. We are definitely not experts, and anything that we discuss that might be controversial, we want you to remember their own opinions, and they might be different from yours. So, news of the weird. <laughs> news of the world? Sure, yeah. Weird? Weird world. world. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> what's been going on in your corner? Well, same thing that's going on in your corner. We're, uh, in the... Th- I mean, we keep we keep saying in the thick of summer, and it's literally halfway through June. So, really, summer hasn't started yet. Technically, really, it seems like it's all the way through. Uh, the <laughs> it's birds... just been such nice weather down here; it's hard to tell. Well, and birds are starting to nest. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they've been nesting, yeah. which is been fledging. And... We have had so many starling babies um, come through our little spot here, which is <laughs> kind of fun because <laughs> there was one poor parent that was. Um, running around and had like five little babies behind it. Well, not little babies, like they're the same size, is it? Yeah, but they were just like, you know, rougher looking than the adult. <laughs> and just like begging for food after the adult. So that was fun. Yeah. It's I mean it's it's fun to add like human personalities to them sometimes. Cause they'll, they'll like the I mean they're starlings, so it's not necessarily the the most awesome bird to have hopping around in your driveway. But they're the um they're ho- they're hopping along, and the little the little chicks that are that are fledged, so they're following the parent around, learning what's what's good to eat and what's not good to eat, and all that stuff. They're constantly begging, and the parents like looks at the like the seed that's like on the ground, or looks at whatever's on the <laughs> ground. And they're like, "This is food," and they pick it up and they eat it. And then the then the little chick is like, "But but me, but me," and it's like, "No, eat. I eat. just, I just ate you. it. This is what we eat. We eat this. It's." kind of fun <laughs> i don't i don't know if we've talked about our neighbor john before he's a hoot and he's like in his 80s um and he lives in a house just near us and we got him a bird feeder one year for father's day and you know he enjoys learning about birds from us he's so funny he waved me over the other day and he always goes okay i got a new player in the game today a new player in the game <laughs> which just makes me laugh so hard um but he had a a woodhouse no yeah, yeah, he had a um, California scrub California jay. California scrub jay. Sorry, yeah. I forgot which species it was where now. Um, <laughs> but he had a California scrub jay, which was a new bird for his uh, driveway. Well, and, and the other day he also had a black-headed grosbeak. Oh, which, I don't even want to talk about that. Which would have been a county lifer for me. So <laughs> It was just like sitting on his deck and he showed us a picture and we were like, when did you get that? <laughs> <laughs> how, how long ago was that? Was that days or was that minutes? <laughs> just like, Hannah, there's a new player in the game. <laughs> So everybody has birds that they love. So that's fun. Yeah. So some uh, relevant news. <laughs> we are going to the to the Southeast Arizona Birding Festival, which I think we might have mentioned in our last episode. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's in uh, August, so a couple months away. And I think registration might have opened already for that. If it isn't already open, it will be opening soon. And we'll be doing two walks um, at it, one on Friday and then one on Saturday. So we're excited about that. Um, We have 15 lifers (laughs) that we want to try to get while we're there. So 15 targets. Yeah. So come out and hang out with us. And yeah. And I guess there'll be some socials too. So if you want to like meet us, we'd love to meet you. (laughs) Yeah. And socialize. Yeah. 
We just like to talk to people. Yeah, talking talking is fun. That's what we do. So another uh, item of news is uh, that we had Taiki and Orietta uh, give us a reel to talk about the Black and Latinx Burger Scholarship Fund, which has been extended, the deadline. So it was June 18th, and now it's July 18th, and it looks like it was because they added Hawaii and Alaska and Puerto Rico um, as locations that can apply. And so they extended it to give those students a little bit more time. So they did give us a reel that has the wrong dates in it. Uh, but uh, there's, there's still, they, they kind of allude to there's a difference in June 18th and then July 18th, but the official final application deadline is now July 18th. But uh, go ahead and listen to Taiki and Orieta talk about it real quick. I'm Orieta Estrada. I'm Taiki James. We are the co-founders of Amplify the Future and the co-chairs of the Black and Latin Experter Scholarship Fund. And we have a special announcement for you. I need the attention of all Black and Latinx folks with the love for birds. If you're currently a full-time undergraduate student and you live in or attend a college or university in the United States of Puerto Rico, you should apply today to the Black and Latinx Birder Scholarship at AmplifyTheFuture.org. June 18th is the deadline, and it's right around the corner. But... We're offering an extension to those who need a little extra time to get in their supporting documentation. That deadline is July 18th. This is what we're asking for. A two-page essay, two-minute video, or even a good Twitter thread. We have at least three scholarships to give this year. The Burden community wants to support you. Just let us know you and how you plan to help your Burden communities. This is open to undergraduates 18 years and older. This isn't just a scholarship for younger students. Higher ed happens at any age. To see specific rules and apply, please go to AmplifyTheFuture.org. That's AmplifyTheFuture.org. Have questions? Email hello at AmplifyTheFuture.org. Or follow us on social media at Birders Fun. Not a potential applicant, but want to support us? Visit AmplifyTheFuture.org. We can't wait to hear from you. Well, thank you, Taiki and Orieta, for sending us that uh, that reel for us to play for everyone, and and hopefully this uh, gets the word out a little bit more for um, the Black and Latinx birders that uh, would like to apply and get get some money from the scholarship fund that you guys have uh, helped put together. And that's super cool. You know, I think it's awesome to recognize um, lots of different kinds of folks when we're getting scholarships because I know when I was applying for college, there were all these like you know, different scholarships that you can apply for. And some of them were like being left-handed. Some of them were this, some of them were that. So I think it's really neat that there's one now that's um, for black and Latinx birders. Yeah, that's awesome. So our next thing is that we have a winner for the bird nerd giveaway. Yeah. So um, I think Hannah has pulled up the um, the email that we got that has the, the beautifully drawn, uh, beautifully colored and filled in pictures. So, if, Hannah, if you want to go ahead and read uh, read who this is. Yeah, so I'm really excited about this. Um, our winner is Lennox, who is five years old and has had a love of birds since he could talk. And his mom uh, emailed us his picture, and we'll post it on our Facebook page. But it's a great picture of a yellow warbler that he did take some uh, artistic liberties with. He didn't <laughs> rename it, though, so I don't know if it has a new name since it's not exactly a yellow warbler. Um, but 
Lennox did a great job, and we were so excited uh, that he and so many people entered yeah. to win uh, this Bird Nerd giveaway that was graciously donated from Christina Kanowski and the Indiana Dunes Birding Festival. So we'll get in touch with them and get them their prize. Yeah. So um, if everyone remembers, every year at the end of our season, beginning of the next season, we uh, we ask a secret question to all of our um, all of our guests that are on. And last year we tried a new thing where we asked a secret question of all of our listeners. So um, we have decided to go ahead with that again. <laughs> um, we set up another Google Voice um, that you can call and leave a voicemail. The voicemail um, question is. Or the question, the secret question is in the voicemail, so you'll listen in, listen to the question, and go ahead and answer it. And please, 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 don't cheat and call like five times <laughs> trying to think think of a better answer to, to give to it. This is a spur of the moment, off the cuff question that uh, we don't want to, we don't want a lot of prep time for, I guess. Yeah, we want you to give us your your gut feeling on it. So the deadline for that is June 29th. We'll put it in the show notes as well, and the phone number. We'll put it in the show notes, but I'm going to say it. The phone number is 503-741-9837. And I'll say it again. It is 503-741-9837. So give that number a call. I will not answer my phone. <laughs> so it goes to voicemail. and listen. So for the next two weeks, Hannah's not answering her phone. I just don't answer it anyways. So call that number, leave a voicemail, and uh, then we'll include it in the next episode. So June 29th is deadline for that. Any, we didn't have any reviews over the, the last period, correct? Nope. Okay, so, but we did have some people listen. We did, and the number one listenership comes out of uh, Columbus, Ohio. So thank you, Columbus. And then, of course, Huff, Ohio had to get in the top there. <laughs> and because of that, and we don't know if it's a data center or not, um, we also went with the third one, which was Portland, Oregon. So thank you yeah. all for listening. Right and here, Portland, Oregon, close to us. I know. Our, our friends are listening. <laughs> So thank you all for listening. You know, it's just so cool to know how many people are out there that enjoy um, listening to us talk about birds because we enjoy talking about birds. Yeah. So now we're done. That's all. All the pre-show. Mo- <laughs> moving on to the actual, the actual reason, the actual title of the show, what we, what we did when we went on an adventure this week. Our next story is one of peril, magic, heroism, and the evil underbelly of the big city. So I had to think... When you when you wrote magic, like I was thinking, like what are you talking about? It it took the longest time for me to figure it out. <laughs> we'll get to, we'll get to magic. And if you've been to Chicago, you might already know what I'm talking about. Yes, I I've only been there one and a half times, so I <laughs> didn't didn't even occur to me. So um, we've speaking of being there only one and a half times, I've been to Chicago technically twice. We went um, a number of years ago when uh, I ran the Chicago Marathon. Uh, we flew in. We had one day before the marathon, which we got the city pass, um, and <laughs> went to literally every single thing on the city pass. I think we only missed like one thing. Yeah, and there's like one ten day. things. Yeah, it everything we could possibly go to. We we did the Sears Tower, which I think even then it was called something else. I feel like we did two towers. We went yeah. to the museum. We went to the aquarium. And then all the other things. Yeah, it was so, so many things. The Field Museum by itself is just like... Oh, incredible. Miles and miles of walking. And then we, and we took public transit and walked in between all these locations. So I, we, we estimated approximately 10 miles that we walked around Chicago. And then Eric the ran day before the Chicago, the Chicago Marathon. Marathon the next day. <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was quite the adventure um, 10 years ago. I don't, I don't know how many years ago that was. No, that, wasn't, that was only like eight years ago, maybe. 
wasn't that long ago. It was in 2014. 2014. Um, so I kind of wanted to go to Iowa or Michigan with our extra days on our Indiana trip, but Eric convinced me that we should stay in Chicago since we hadn't birded it before. Yeah, we'd never birded Chicago, and it was also like four hours less driving. <laughs> so I was like, let's do something that's four hours less driving. You know me, I'm all about checking things off lists. <laughs> Um, and so on the drive there, I actually did some research about where to go, which I know is shocking. I didn't just go straight to eBird and look for hotspots. I like Googled like Chicago birding and there's a lot of great websites that pop up when you do that. Yeah. But on our way into Chicago, we still did not, uh, do that. <laughs> we, we went to bus woods, bussy woods on our way into Chicago before we checked into our hotel. So that was literally just a hotspot that was close to the hotel that, uh, had a lot of birds. So that was that that wasn't part of our research. That was just like, well, we only have like 4 hours before sunset. Let's just get something done real quick. Yeah, I guess so it wasn't even 4 hours. I'm saying 4 hours cuz of the drive over. But anyways, um we only had a couple hours before sunset. So we just wanted to get some birding in before before we went to sleep for that night. So we we kind of we went to a couple different stops throughout um Bussy Woods, which is like a huge I think it's a county park, right? I think it's, yeah, County Park. It's huge. There's, like, miles of bike riding, like, ponds and, and people walking and birthday parties. Yeah, there was a lot of people there. And it was a really nice evening. We had a very vocal barred owl. Yeah. Um, which was really cool. It was off in the distance, so we didn't hear it super well. It was kind of quiet, but... And we've already was... gotten some emails about it, like, where was it exactly? Yeah. And it's like, uh, this is an owl, so... It was in the woods. It was somewhere <laughs> over there. And then uh, we drove to a couple different hotspots throughout it because there's all these like little uh, driveway sections of it. And we got out in one spot and there were just dozens of migrating warblers coming Oh, there's through. so many. And there was, there, was a, there was a couple families that were there fishing and just mm-hmm. having like a picnic. And they really could not care less that there were, there were just hundreds of warblers flying right behind their heads. They're just, like, sitting there fishing along, just minding their own business, and, I don't know, we ended up with, like, like 30 species, and, like, in, like, the 20, 30 minutes that we were there, and I, th- I think it was, it was, like, 11 warblers. I had a can just, of like, goose. Like, in that one spot. I had a can of goose hiss at me, so. It almost got you. Yeah, it was exciting. <laughs> um, so then we got back to our hotel, and woke up early, hungry, and ready to go birding. Yeah, but hung- hungry was number one. Yeah, of and course. then ready to go birding was number two, and because you know it was early morning and we're kind of wimps. And so I just like googled breakfast restaurants, kind of had a lot of trouble. There's a lot of them in Chicago, uh, but finally landed on S and G Diner or Sam and George's Diner, which was on the way out to the Magic Hedge. Oh, magic! There we go. Right. <laughs> and this diner was fantastic. We were the only ones in there, but I felt like it was an episode of Seinfeld. It was like you know, kind of older style diner, mm-hmm. really nice wait staff. Um, quiet, cozy, they are famous for their breakfast skillets, which honestly could feed like two people. They were huge. They're the largest breakfast item I've ever seen on a menu. (laughs) Like, usually I'll get like a breakfast burrito or something. I'm not a big fan of eggs. Like, they give me heartburn. I'm not, I don't, I tend to stick away from eggs. Anyways, but I try to, I try to get food that's not going to, not going to do that to me. And I was like, oh, the skillet, it's going to be like mostly meat and potatoes and stuff. But oh my gosh. It was like I don't I don't know exactly everything that was in the one that I got. It was like a taco skillet of some sort, I think. Yeah. Um, but it it was like a dozen eggs, um, three pounds of hamburger, <laughs> four pounds of potatoes, like it like it was ridiculous. Like this is this is not uh this is not for the shy. 
You, you eat a lot of food. And you get, like, you know, bread with it. And so we both got sourdough because we're West Coasters and we love sourdough. Yeah, sourdough's the something, best dough. Something about that sourdough was fantastic. I felt like such... <laughs> such a millennial like asking the the waitress like where do you guys get this sourdough and she was like oh i don't know i think somebody makes it special for us and it was like it is so good i need to know where <laughs> it is it, 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 we were sitting there and i was thinking this is like an episode of like portlandia like yeah i, know. <laughs> I need i need to see the history on the sourdough and maybe go maybe go to the bakery where it was baked it, and it talk was to the so baker good. and Look into the look into the oven to see what it's yeah. like. Look into the oven. Meet meet the mother dough. Like I, I need meet to the mother dough. I, I need I need to know more about the sourdough because it was delicious. It was really good. <laughs> so that was a great start to the morning, and then we headed off to the Magic Hedge, which is also known as the Montrose Bur- Point Bird Observatory, and it's one of the best burning sites in Chicago. It's a 15-acre sanctuary that has grasslands, forests, dunes, and the lakefront. And they've seen over 300 species there, and it can be a really good migrant trap. Well, when we were there, it was already hopping. We spent like five hours in this tiny little park going from shrub to shrub looking at warblers. But also logistically, it's a great park too because it has uh, bark dust pathways and clearly marked birding areas um, that were, you know, wide so you you could walk past people easily. Oh, yeah. Like super narrow. Even in times of COVID, it was relatively easy to bird it and stay socially distant and everything. From from everyone that was there. And there's actually plans as part of an expansion project in the area to um, pave some of these um, these uh, gravel and bark dust paths to make them more wheelch- wheelchair accessible. Which I guess has stirred up some controversy and people not wanting them to cut down stuff here and there and trim hedges and stuff. But... But there's it's it's plans on making things more uh, more accessible for those that uh, have difficulty getting around, so that's exciting. My one complaint was the bathroom situation. They had porta potties that were like half a mile away that were also used by like people driving around and like fishermen and stuff. So they were not the best porta potties. Yeah. None of them had toilet paper. So there there are um, dedicated um, flush toilet bathrooms there, but they're not they weren't open. Oh yeah, and I wasn't I wasn't clear if if it was time of day or day of week or or what it was. But there, just be aware that the flush toilets that are in the area around Montrose Park may or may not actually be open, and the, you may have to utilize porta potties that uh, don't uh, that aren't necessarily cared for as often as necessary. Bring your own toilet paper. Yeah, that's the moral of the story. Um, but there were dozens of other people there looking at birds. It was just something incredible about a group of people congregating somewhere and all doing the same thing. We had a chance to chat with a lot of folks about birds and optics and things. And it was just, it was really cool. Yeah. So tons, tons and tons of warblers, um, blue headed Philadelphian warbling vireos. We had a total of 17 species of warblers while we were there. So a pretty good variety. There was I think somebody that was there said that they were up to like 25 species of warblers for the day. Oh, wow. So it was like we, we were, we obviously had missed some. <laughs> um, we, we got there, I guess, a little late because, you know, breakfast and everything. But uh, but we did not miss the super exciting part of there was a Kentucky warbler hanging around. Like not not necessarily like a lifer or anything, but it's a very exciting bird for that area, I guess. And everybody, yeah, everybody was really excited about it. They're like, oh, have you seen the Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky? And it was like... Every, and the whole Everyone around the entire park was talking about it. We, yeah. we, we, went, we went over to the whole other side where it's like like half a mile away and people are like, oh, it's a, when I saw the Kentucky, it was... And it's like, 
where it, it's already become like a story about when I saw the Kentucky, and it was like, oh, that was like an hour ago. <laughs> and it was very interesting. Like we, this is our first time there, so you know, we just don't know what's exciting and what's yeah. not. <laughs> so that was... But but the excitement is contagious because it's yeah, like yeah. you're 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 going along and you're like, oh, cool, Kentucky, and then you you, you move on because it's okay. Well, I've I've seen this in other places. I've seen. I've seen X, Y, and Z bird, whatever, whatever it is. But like when the locals are super excited about something, it's like, oh, you, you start getting amped up. Like, oh yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm like kneeling and I'm like trying to like duck underneath branches to get a picture of him. It's just kind of like in the big yeah. year, you know, I can't remember what the part of the big year it is. It's like when there's a fallout and there's just all those people together that are like running from place to place to place. Yeah, like birds. when they're on high Island. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think, yeah. It's, when, I think okay. it's when they're on high Island and they're racing back and forth. They get a notification that's this and they run, yeah, run okay. across the boardwalk. And then I think the same thing was going on up on, um, in the section of Atu. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause what, the lady would say it over the she, microphone. She'd say it over the microphone and then they would all hop on the bikes and yeah. right across. Well, it's not that dramatic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was really cool because of all of the people excited about the Kentucky. We had so many yellow warblers, American red stars, magnolias. It was really great. And, you know, it was really cool too, how, how nice and friendly everybody was. Yeah. Um, you know, open to chat, asking questions. Like that was, there was a lot of like expert birders there, a lot of beginners. Um, and so it was a really great place for people to, to chat and learn from each other. Oh yeah. And I, I do kind of I kind of feel bad that we've we've kind of skimmed over the names of a lot of these warblers for for those that aren't like really into into warblers don't have a lot of warblers in your area or aren't familiar with the ABA like warbler migration time. That's a good point because like here you know in Oregon we have like five warblers or something. Yeah, like we, we, we don't have nearly as many warblers. So th- these are all birds that if you only bird on the West Coast or you only bird in Oregon. Yeah. Or Washington, or, or or wherever you don't bird in some place that you have a lot of these warblers. Or if you're in Europe, or Europe, or any, anywhere else, you're not gonna you're not gonna see these. And I, I I feel bad that we don't talk about them, but it's hard to it's hard to describe some of the, some of these birds. So like a Kentucky warbler, the, the warbler everyone was so excited about is a bright yellow warbler, a whole chest, throat, um, a little patch on the eye, everything bright yellow, has a kind of an olive colored back, and then it's kind it it remind, it's really reminiscent of a hooded warbler. Where it has um, kind of just a little bit of black. It's got black on the forehead and black underneath its eye. So it's not like a full chin that goes all the way around like a hooded warbler. But it's it's just it's kind of it's kind of distinctive because it's just so bright, just it's sitting like, up in there with the dark black contrast to the to the colors on its head. It's like a hooded warbler, a Kentucky, and common yellowthroat all kind of have yeah. similar coloration. I was I was thinking it's kind of uh, it's kind of like a mix between the three of them. Like, yeah, you're you, right. you, you take the three of them and you put the three of them together into like you take the hooded the um, and the common yellow throat. Sorry, you hooded and common yellow throat. Put them together and you get a Kentucky. And you also have yellow <laughs> warbler too. It's like a whole spectrum yeah. of like the amount of yellow and black. Yeah. <laughs> So that was that was a that was a weird. If I weird could draw, transition. I would draw this. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that, that that's a weird transition for an apology of. There's a lot of warblers, especially in um, the that area of the of the U.S. Like the Mississippi East ish. Yeah. So that the not even Mississippi. Well, the the, Atlant- the right. Atlantic and the Central Flyway are full of um, lots of warblers, which isn't fair. <laughs> yeah, we we have we have a couple warblers. We got a lot of. Um, shorebirds we get we get other, other cool stuff over here but warblers it's, it's are different. my jam it's it's different and so that's that's my way of apologizing for not describing the warblers better 
Please accept our apology. Yes. Um, so anyways, after we got our fill of warblers and it had kind of like slowed down a lot, uh, a little bit, we went to go look for the famed piping plovers, Monty and Rose. And they're famed because there was a movie made about their journey. Um, uh, piping plovers historically nested along the Great Lakes, but due to, you know, Chicago. <laughs> variety <laughs> of factors, um, their population numbers just went down to nothing. Mm-hmm. And so they're an endangered Great Lakes piping plover individual or pair that first nested, I think, like three or four years ago. I want to say, um, and we can include that in the show notes too, so you can look it up and yeah. check out the movie. But um, Monty and Rose are this plover pair that were the first successful nesting pair in Chicago in decades. So it was actually really cool to go see them. I know Eric had never heard of them before. <laughs> because I'm, I'm not really up on like news. On like birding <laughs> pop culture. Yeah, birding pop culture. It's it is super exciting though. It's it's the first pair in decades that have that have nested there, and they're they've been successful. And they're they're tagged. I think they're geotagged as well, where they've um, they've tracked their location all the way down to their to their uh, to their wintering locations. Yeah, actually, one was in Texas and one was in Florida. Yeah, so they 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 winter separately and then they come up and breed and then they go winter separately again. Which they, and they arrive within. I think I think somebody was telling us they it was arrived, like a day. Yeah, within a twenty four hour period, they arrive together. And it's it's super romanticized. I mean, yeah. it's oh, yeah. it's a whole, the whole thing about a love story, which you know you can take her, you know, with a with birds. Yeah, but um, I think it's really I mean, cool. It's two, it's two birds perpetuating their species. That's what they're doing. Yeah, but I I just think it's really cool, and it's a good way to get people like invested in the species and the protection of them. Oh, absolutely, and they um, they do a lot to protect these birds. There's a whole section of the beach that's completely closed to all. Um, traffic of all sorts, no people, no nothing. You, they've, they've fenced it all off. Um, and in order to stop like raccoons from being able to be like, oh, well now we have this target, like, which happens oftentimes in conservation of, of ground nesting birds, they'll, they'll cordon off like, Hey, we need to protect this area. And now the raccoons and crows and everything else are like, ah, that's a target for lunch. And so they go down and eat it. So instead of protecting it, it brings up, brings things in. Um, one of the things that they do is they um, they put a, a cage that's uh, an exclusion de- an exclusion device for predators over the top of the nest as soon as the as soon as they've narrowed down where they're nesting they they plop that on there um, in the middle of the night when the birds can't see I guess it's a really quick process they get in in and out within a few minutes it was just kind of funny though yeah. because um, we we're like standing like there's kind of like a wall that you stand against to look at the birds. And there were all these people coming up and like the cage was maybe like 200 feet away from us. Maybe not even that, like hundred. Yeah. yeah something like that. And there were all these people walking up like, where are they? And it was like the cage right there. They're, they're right in the middle, the cage. right in front of us. So great look at it. There was also hundreds of swallows hundreds. nesting on the wall that was just like to the east of that. So that was really fun to watch coming in and out of, um, they're bank swallows. Yeah, right? bank swallows. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine the bank swallows are pr- probably do a pretty good job themselves of keeping predators away, like from that area, because they're they're going to defend their little section of that uh, of that uh, wall that they're that they're nesting on. So I, I imagine that would probably scare away smaller things like rats and stuff like that from bothering anything in that general vicinity. Sure, maybe oh, I would hope so. <laughs> I I mean the the plovers didn't seem to care that there was. Like, um, a bunch of swallows nesting, like, a couple hundred feet away from them. Yeah. Like, literally hundreds of nests. 
So that was super neat to go see them. And then we went back and more warbler time for like another hour as we were trying to make our way back to the car. You know, when they're like out there like going nuts, it's hard to... Pull yourself away. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to walk away when there's like birds all over the place. I know, but I think I had to go to the bathroom. So I think that was like the defining reason. Like, Eric, we have to go. I need to pee. <laughs> <laughs> and the porty potties were not going to cut it for me. Yeah, we had we had to go find an actual an actual flush toilet somewhere. I'm sorry, I'm really high maintenance. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so we went to we decided to go to the Lincoln Park Zoo, which Brad, the coordinator of the Indiana Dunes Birding Festival, suggested as a good spot. And we were like, uh, eh, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, we've, we've always liked going to zoos in the past. Sure, yeah. And it's, al- it's always been fun, but it was kind of like, ah, we, we really want to, like, be out and find, like, natural places and find wild birds. But his suggestion for the Lincoln Park Zoo was about wild birds, mm-hmm. that they have a, a giant rookery of uh, black-crowned night herons. And he said that there was one um, yellow-crowned night heron. So we looked very, very hard and did not see it. Did not see it, no. No, it was, I'm sure it was there somewhere. Maybe. Just hanging yeah. out. It, I mean, there there was, again, there was hundreds of night herons just hanging out, so. But the zoo is super cool. It's a free zoo. Um, during COVID, you do need to get a reservation. But there was like 500 reservations for like an hour period. So it was, I think we were the only ones that made a reservation during that time frame. Um, yeah, well, we, we walked up and it was like, we made a reservation for like starting at like two or something like that. And we walked, we walked up, we got there like five minutes before and there was literally nobody like waiting to get in. So we just like walked up and walked in, like sh- showed them our ticket reservation thing, but then just walked in. And it's not like a huge zoo. Um, there was a huge section of it that was under construction. So we didn't get to go into the big cat section, I think what it was mm-hmm. uh, but other than that i mean it was just really neat like giraffes and polar bears and I mean, lots of animals it's, it's generic zoo so yeah. it's, it's got it's got all the it's got all the big megafauna that you typically think of um they also had a section of um they had bearded vulture and um the oh man the, oh, some kind of storks storks and they, they, like they had a whole bird section and then it was i mean it's it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun. It's it's educational. It's a zoo. It's got all the stuff that a zoo has. Yeah. No. Totally. It was. I'm so glad we stopped there and saw yeah. all the and night herons. That was so free. cool. So free is a really good price. But by the way, parking is a nightmare over there. So yeah. just pay for the parking. It. So t- I guess technically it wasn't free because we had to pay. It was like twenty bucks for parking. Yeah. But twenty dollars to park versus a lot of we've we've been to some zoos where you have to pay for parking and then also pay. 30 to 30 to 50 dollars to get in yeah so it's this was 20 dollars to park you could park for a couple hours and then go and look at the zoo for a couple hours for free and then go about your day so it was definitely worth the money so from there we decided we had to go post uh or go to the post office to mail some stuff back home because that's what we like to do get way too much stuff that we can't take in our luggage (laughs) so then we just mail it back to ourselves because that's cheaper than paying for luggage cheap cheap cheaper than uh Checking a bag. By the way, if you ever need to do that. Yes. If, if, you can, if you can do without your stuff for a week or so. Yeah, yeah we just put, like, all our dirty clothes in there. And, like, put dirty clothes in there. We don't need those. Or, or like, th- this time we uh, we had the marketing materials for the for the birding co-op yeah. and stuff that we, we loaded up into into that. Stuff stuff that we didn't want to, like, cram into bags that we didn't want to ruin. So that, so that was nice. Just shove that into a box and ship it off for 15 bucks. Yeah, so we got our parking. You know, we parked the car. 
went to the post office, dealt with that. And then, um, I had found this really cool restaurant that was nearby that was mm-hmm. called, uh, three dashes and a dot, which is a tiki bar, but it's like a hidden tiki bar. Secret tiki bar. I love secret things. If, if you go to Chicago and you just type in secret tiki bar, that, that bar comes right up. So it's not that secret. <laughs> but, but I got, <laughs> I got really nervous. Like this was like spur of the moment sort of thing. And I was like, oh man, I bet we're going to need a reservation. I looked at the website. No reservations for like a whole like couple days. Well, and, and it said it said like reservations required. Or yeah, res- either recommended or required. But it was like, oh no. And so we just like walked over there because it was like two blocks away, and we we're like, okay, we'll just give it a try, and if not, we'll go somewhere else. And Worst case scenario, we'll just hop in the car and go go somewhere else and find find a, a brewery or something to go to. So. Turns out they had some tables free, so they let us in, and it was, like, super cool. Like, lots of, you know, like, tiki stuff around, like, really expensive drinks, good food. (laughs) Um, Just, you know, it was a fun atmosphere, and it was, like, down in the basement of this uh, donut shop so yeah, it was so secret <laughs> it, it, it was it's secret just because the entrance is like difficult to get to you walk you walk down this alleyway and there's like just kind of like this hole in the wall that you just and it's it's like labeled like it just says like tiki bar or something it's, yeah. or, no i don't even think it says that i think it just says three dots and a dash yeah and it doesn't say what it is and it just has an arrow pointing into this door that's in the back of an alley and you just go down you go down this narrow staircase all the way down to the bottom and as you're going down there's like skulls up on the wall and it's like oh it's all tiki tiki Tiki'd out as you're going down, and then the, you got the like drum, drums and stuff playing, like tiki music, and so it was, it was really interesting. And for anybody who doesn't get the three dots and a dash, because I did not, um, it is a reference to Morse code, which three dots and a dash is a V in v Morse for code victory. for victory. So it all has to do with World War Two. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> That's what I was going to guess. <laughs> Um, so we had a good time there and then we were like, oh, okay, well, we'll go to a brewery closer to the hotel for like an actual dinner because we had some appetizers yeah. at the bar and because yeah, I mean, it was, it was expensive. Don't, don't get us wrong. Oh, it, was, yeah. it was good, but it was very expensive because <laughs> it's, it's a tiki bar and it's, it's specialty and themed. It's, it's, it's secret. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's an expensive place to go, but it, it was really fun. It was a great atmosphere and it was, um, secret. So we we just kind of like had t- kind of sampled a couple things, um, and then uh, we were like, "Oh, we'll get an actual dinner somewhere else." So I head, started head back to the car, got back to where the car was, and no car. Our car had been towed. So this we is... know we didn't know that though. <laughs> no, like, no, we did not know that initially. We got we just to where, no car. We got to the where the car was, and we we're like, "No car," and we we're like, "Oh my gosh, I knew Chicago was dangerous. <laughs> like somebody stole our car. Chicago somebody so stole scary. our rental. I'm never leaving Cannon Beach again." All, all of our optics, our camera, oh my gosh, everything was in in the car. Like. Not, our, our luggage and stuff was back at the hotel, but our because we'd been burning all day, so yeah. all all of our optics, our recording gear, everything was all in the car, and it's like. Uh, it was hidden in the car, so you couldn't see it. It was like underneath sure. stuff. But, yeah, because yeah, we were careful. There, there was like it's, this car was really interesting. It had like hidden compartments underneath the floorboards for like in stuff, the back seat. In the back seat, so it was really interesting. You, we just put all our stuff underneath there, and really literally handy. could not see anything. So that was kind of cool. But <laughs> no car. It's like oh, what? So Eric might have had a little meltdown. I had a little bit of a meltdown. 
Um, but we looked at the, so when we pulled up, you know, there wasn't a car there and I was like, Oh wow, that was easy to find parking here. And then we, you know, paid for parking and we only had to pay until like five. And yeah. So, like, so oh. we paid for like an hour. Well, cause maybe. in Portland, like, you know, we're used to Portland. Like mm-hmm. you don't usually have to pay in the afternoon, like in the yeah. evening. So if in, normally in Portland after 5 PM, they, it's free. It's free. They turn the meters off. And so it's just, it's just a meter parking during the day so that you keep um, revenue during the day and keep the spots, me- people moving through spots. So I kind of figured it was that sort of situation. Yeah. And so we like didn't look that hard. But then when we got there and saw no car, we saw that the sign that was covered by the tree, which I'm going to contend, <laughs> it was covered by a tree. It, the, the sign was about 10 feet tall. Like well, total like, of lots of things. Lots of different like rules. Three different signs on it. Like yeah. it was way too much. And one of the things said that there was no parking there between five and six thirty because of tra- of ha- rush uh, hour. I was gonna say happy hour. Happy hour. That's an unhappy hour. <laughs> but so honestly, I don't. I don't blame Chicago. It's I. I should have read the whole sign. Mad at myself. I should. I should have paid better attention. Um, but as soon as we saw that, it's like okay. So the car has been towed. Now we need to figure out where was the car towed, and how do we get it back? And like I. You know, if you get your car towed here where we live, it's like a 45-minute drive to go get it. And yeah. so I started panicking, like, where are they going to put it? Like, is it going to be outside the city? We're going to have to get a taxi? Like, just We're panic. We're spend hundreds of dollars on a taxi to, and it's gonna to go close. somewhere. And, yeah. What time What time does the tow yard close? Like, there was, there was a lot. There was a lot of panic. But in but, Chicago, they tow so many cars that there's, like, a tow yard every mile or something like that. Yeah. It's, so it's there's, there's a lot of towing going on in Chicago. So, um... It was actually not that inconvenient to get the car back. It was very expensive, but it wasn't that inconvenient to get the Took car back. Took a long back. time, too. Um, so we, they, they towed our car about a mile away. Um, there was a tow yard um, underneath some buildings and or streets um, over by the river. Um, we, we went over there. We stood in line for about an hour. 175 bucks. Got the car back. Um, then, then found out on the dash there was a $100 ticket. So... Two hundred seventy-five dollars later, we're we're in the clear. We're so all we're legal. gonna start a GoFundMe <laughs> for that because we shouldn't have to pay for it. Um, mistakes made, lessons learned. I know. Well, I'll, I'll pay better attention next time. I it's, know. It was stressful, but it's all over. I mean, this is stupid. Nobody stole the car. All our optics were safe. It was all good. I know. Um, but yeah, so that was I was a little bit a little bit of stress, and interestingly enough, I learned not that probably anyone really cares is that they have the technology with these tow trucks. That they can literally tow your car with, with like, in a 30-second span. Oh, like, yeah, they're they, quick. They can pull up in, right in front of your car, and every, everything on the back of the truck, it's not automated. They, they're controlling it from the cab. But they can they can lower that back bar and grab your front tires and just pick you up and drive away. And they can be gone within within a minute if, if you're par- illegally parked somewhere. So yeah. it's, like, don't don't think that, oh, I'm just going to run in for a second and do something. Like, like, we were gone for, like, an hour and a half from the car. They like, having dinner and all that stuff. So it's... Who knows what time they actually towed the car, but, like, if, if you want to go in and get, like, coffee or something, like, especially in these big cities, your car can be gone so fast with the tow truck, so. Well, and. Be very watchful about what the signs say. The thing that I thought was really interesting <laughs> about it was that the guys who were towing it were mm-hmm. all city workers. Yeah, it's all which, run by the city. Yeah, which is just, like, something that I didn't realize cities did. I always, like, we when we lived in Houston, mm-hmm. you know, if you ever go to Houston, it's actually kind of interesting because there's these, we would always call them, like, tow truck roundups because they would get, like, a call that there was a damaged car and they needed a tow. And there would be, like... All of a sudden, out of nowhere, there'd be like ten tow trucks that would like bumper car their way through to get to that yeah. that thing because it was so pri- pri- 
privatized, I guess. Well, yeah, because everything, it's all, it's all done by private companies, but there's contracts and laws that, especially on the highways in Houston, um, that you cannot have a vehicle sitting on the side of the road for any length of time. If, you're, if your car breaks down, it will get towed. Like, it's a guarantee your car will be towed if it's broken down on the side of the road. It's, it's whether or not you're with your car or not. If, if you leave your car... And your car's not going to be there when you come back. It's, like just, it's, it's guaranteed. That yeah. They'll come and tow it because they want to keep the highways clear. Yeah, sure. No, it's just that I'm used to private companies being the tows. Mm-hmm. So it was just weird to see, you know, like city workers with tow trucks. Yeah, that was just really like interesting. Pulling them in. It's like, oh, okay. That's unusual. Yeah. So anyways. Um, Lessons moral, learned. It's all good. Moral of the story. <laughs> like, check the parking signs. <laughs> and yeah, we don't want to scare you away from Chicago. It was fantastic birding at the Magic Hedge. I would definitely recommend that both of the restaurants we went to i would recommend yes um snG and three dots and a dash and you know chicago is a fascinating place there's a and lot the, to see there the skyline is pretty spectacular if you if you catch it at sunset or sunrise depending on if you're an early bird or a or a night owl whichever um it, it's it's spectacular seeing just the the skyline and the river and all the bridges and it's it's a really cool place to be and the lake and the lake and just just everything but just be careful where you park <laughs> and then and then everything will be fine it's not a big deal <laughs> it's just expensive yeah it's a little disappointing in yourself I know <laughs> I know how to read I swear. <laughs> um. So, anyways, that was our fun in Chicago. Yeah, it was it was it was a great time. Yeah. Most of it. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, we saw some really good birds. That was, that's always fun, too. And warblers, you know, that was, we always like warblers. So, yeah. uh, last things, you know, check out the Southeast Arizona Birding Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, we hope to see you there. And we'll have a couple episodes before that, of course. And, again, we forgot to mention it at the beginning of the episode, but it needs to be mentioned every episode because... Hannah doesn't get enough love for her podcast. Oh, you're so sweet. She doesn't. Uh, she doesn't like to advertise her own podcast anywhere else. So um, go go listen to Hannah's podcast, Women Birders <laughs> Happy Hour. You looked like you had no idea what the name was. You know, it's <laughs> Hannah goes birding, Women Hour. Like you know, it's it's the you know. <laughs> go listen to Hannah's podcast. Whatever Hannah's that podcast, is. Hannah's podcast. You know, whatever it's called. <laughs> you're so mean. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> <laughs> Women um... Birders. Parentheses. Happy hour. Very good. Yes. Very good. Good job. Yes, it's a podcast. It's good. By women for everyone. <laughs> um, so, yeah, check that out. I appreciate that. Thank you, Eric. Um, and also make sure to call in to our voicemail to do your secret question answer. Yes, if you didn't June catch 29th. the number earlier, um, I'm not going to say it again, but it'll be in the show notes. Hannah can say it again. I'll say it again. Us. It's 503-741-9837. Five, <laughs> and leave us a message. By June 29th. So thank you guys all for listening to our podcast. Um, please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Music, anywhere else. Um, Don't Alex- say lamp. Alexa Cat. Don't say <laughs> Alexa Cat. <laughs> Come here, Alexa Cat. Oh. Alexa Cat. He's asleep. Um, rate, review, subscribe to us everywhere. Please follow us on the socials. Um, Hannah Goes Birding and Eric Goes Birding on Instagram. Our Facebook page, Hannah and Eric Go Birding. Um, a lot of our stuff is Hannah and Eric Go Birding, or Eric Goes Birding, or Hannah Goes Birding. Or, or we, we Go, go Birding. birding. <laughs> it's all We Go Birding, I Go Birding, She Goes Birding, They All Go Birding. <laughs> it's we, like a Dr. Seuss book. Yes, it is like a Dr. Seuss I book. I bird, she bird, we bird. We all bird together. 
Um, email us at hannanerigoburning at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, www.gobirdingpodcast.com. Tell us what you like, tell us what you hated, and share us with your friends.